Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song It's a good song, just as it should song American Brews and Tunes Shibbity-beeby-dow! Oh! 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 Oppa! Whoop! Whoop! <laughs> okay. nice. Anyways, what an O's intro. and O's and whoops. Uh, if you hear you're hearing that, then you know that this is American Brews and Tunes. Oh yeah. My name is Stephen Johnston, and my name is Jesse Titus. This is episode 131. 131. Now, if you've been listening for the past several episodes, you know for a fact that we are 100. percent Reviewing the Beths and Angel Dust on this episode. 100%. Yes, 100% wrong, because oh. we are not doing that. <laughs> um, I actually, I, I have my uh, review of the Beths finally written up, so we can get oh, to nice. that soon. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely get to it at some point. Um, but until then, we have another freeform episode on it for 131. Oh, yeah. Um, and this is something that I came up with. Jesse has no idea. He's going into this blind. Yes, completely blind. Uh, what do they call it? When it's a blind reaction. Blind reaction. Except you're not reacting to a video. You're reacting to my podcast theme idea. Podcast theme topic, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I technically had mentioned to you this, this theme before. It was the I got it wrong or like I changed my mind idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's one album in particular that I changed my mind on. Okay. And it is The Winter of Mixed Drinks by Frightened Rabbit. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. So there's I've I've got a lot to to got a lot kind of got a lot to say to go over here. Yes. Uh, As, but well, before yeah. we before we do that though, we'll, we're we're going to try a beer. Yeah, as a big we always beer. do, as we always do. Um a, a big big beer. Now, I'm pretty sure we've had beers from this brewery before on the podcast. We have. Um, um, I know you, you've had a version of the, uh, oh, what's that? Their triple IPA that has like a like a bomb, the... Uh, hop the, bomb? Not hop bomb, like the atomic bomb or something. Uh, Evil Twin. Oh, yeah, the, the brewery is Evil Twin. Yeah, uh, um, what, what in the world was it called? The Evil Twin something bomb, because they also have the light version. Do you remember? Oh the oh yeah, um, but what's it called? I don't know. Let me just look on Untapped real quick. The That's best, what I'm doing. The best social media for beer. Uh, it's not bomb. It's called Molotov Cocktail. Oh, Molotov Cocktail, yeah. And they yeah. have the Molotov Light, but you had the Molotov. It was like uh, it had some kind of f- fruit flavor. Like I think you had the grapefruit version. Let me see here. Molotov it was Cocktail. Like, it was like Molotov Surprise. Molotov or something. Surprise. Yep. It was a triple IPA, 12%. I wow, gave it I... 4.25, so I really liked it. Hopefully this beer is not 12% that we're having today. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. Um, oh, did... wait, it is. <laughs> it, it is 12%. <laughs> um, now, Jesse, have you seen what this beer is called? <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? If I was to order like a, a coffee or something like that, you know what I mean? Like say... Okay, you know, do you are you familiar with Starbucks? 
Are you asking me or is this rhetorical? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, so say say you go into Starbucks, right? And then you're yeah. like, you're like, I want to order like the most ridiculous, uh, fancy drink here. Mm-hmm. This is this is what I would say anyway. I'd like a triple grandiose extra sweet cookies and cream caramel macchiato cappuccino, please. And that is the name of the beer. <laughs> that's exactly what I would say. Um, the yeah, description that, on the side says imperial stout with cocoa nibs or cacao nibs, whatever you pronounce that. Coffee, cookies, caramel, and milk sugar. So Ooh. Uh, it sounds decadent. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit nervous about uh, it. Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of decadent styles. Like they have that imperial biscotti break, the imperial donut break. Yeah. All those Mexican trace leches cake break. The even more Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But they had like even more coffee Jesus and they had like so many variations of it. And I, I actually, I kind of like them, but they're, they're a lot and they're potent. Yeah. And I'm, I'm guessing that this one, I mean, coming at 12%, it's probably going to be just as potent. Yeah, and from my, what I assume is a very clear recollection, all of these heavy stouts are like pitch black, like tar. Yeah. Like, it, it's, you can't see any light through it if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, why don't we see, why don't we crack this open, pour it out, and see if it's just as dark? Yes, let's. All right. Oh, I can, it smells like, uh, you know what? It smells like a Samoa, the Girl Scout cookie. Like I'm getting that caramel. Oh flavor. yeah. And like a cookie flavor. Oh, it's, it's pitch black. Oh yeah. It's dark. <laughs> Am I pouring oil into a, a glass? <laughs> I didn't oil. Remember that scene oh, in the oil. That? Oh man. There's like, it's like chunky. <laughs> what the heck? Is chunky. There? Is there? <laughs> Oh, it's, it's thick at the bottom. It's thick at the bottom. I should have, like, shooken it up or something. I mean, the head on this beer looks like chocolate milk. It kind of tastes like... I just... I tasted a little bit on accident. It kind of tastes like chocolate milk. <laughs> I mean, that's... I'm not going to complain about that. I love chocolate milk. Boy, um, this is a... This beer yeah, is going to be crazy. It just... It smells like Samoas to me. Not the coconut, necessarily, but, like, that caramel chocolate cookie flavor that's what i'm getting off the the smell should we just uh should we just give it a a cheers and go all in yeah let's go all in all All right right. i'm gonna chug mine i hope not (laughs) i I don't know if that's i mean it's possible but it's not a good idea i've I've seen people chug um like 120 minutes or chug uh they chug like yeah and it's not only you're chugging like 20 dollars in like one one second but it's just it's not enjoyable oh yeah there's no way anyway Let's As we always say on American Bruce and Tunes. Down the uh, uh, cookie, cappuccino, macchiato, cookies and cream, vanilla, caramel, chocolate, stout, hatch. I don't know. Too many descriptors. <laughs> um, oh, wow. wow. That um, is you know not- what? That is not as boozy as it. It doesn't taste very boozy at all. That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, I it, immediately it's sweet and caramely, um, a yeah. little roasty, little chocolatey. But in the the aftertaste is like dark chocolate, and it's really nice. Oh yeah, that's actually a good descriptor for it. And it I does don't get, taste like dark chocolatey. I don't get the 
like the boozy warming sensation that I would expect. Um, per se. Let me get another sip and see if yeah, I I'm, get it. Maybe I'm gonna on do, the second sip. Maybe as it warms thing. up too. And I also, I, now that the head's kind of um, dissipating, I, I do have some nice sediment chunks floating on the top. There are so many chunks in this. I'm just going to close my eyes as I sip. I'm sure it's all good. It just kind of freaks me Ooh. out a little. It is a little bit chunky. I, I close my eyes. Close my eyes. Only when I go to sip da, some da, evil da, twin. Da, That's dust in the wind, player. Dust in the wind. Uh, chunks in my beer. <laughs> All I want are chunks in my beer. <laughs> oh man, uh, it's it's good. I mean, if somebody handed this to me, I'd say, "Wow, that's a thick, I don't know, eight percent stout that you gave me." It doesn't taste like twelve percent. It's it's kind of like mind-boggling right now. Yeah, it uh, it definitely does not taste like twelve uh, percent. I am I'm quite baffled, quite surprised. Um, but I do anticipate the booze flavor coming through as it warms up though. I think so. Ooh, actually after that second sip, I do kind of get like that warm throat feeling. Yeah, it's it's there. That's why I was saying like 8% because I can I can tell it's more boozy than uh like a, a Guinness or even something a little stronger <laughs> than a Guinness. Yeah, uh Guinness is definitely not the booziest of uh stouts. No, Guinness is not boozy at all. At all. It's, uh... What, that's like 4%? 5%? Like, something like 4%. It's one of those ones yeah. where you have in the pub all day long. Why are you watching the footy? Yeah. Why are you watching the footy? We, uh... So whenever we have a, a meeting at work, what we've mm-hmm. been doing recently is they've been, like... We've been blind taste testing beers. Oh, nice. And the, the last time, it was all dark beers... Uh, and then, then they'll give us like a question at the end. They'll say like, how many of these were stouts? How many of oh. these were blah, blah, blah. So we tried four, four dark beers mm-hmm. and only one of them was a stout and it was Guinness and tasting it blind, not knowing it was Guinness. I was like, this tastes terrible. I was like, this oh is gosh. not good. <laughs> it was just like really thin and watery. That could be because I didn't have it in Ireland because apparently it is different. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. I'd like to try one fresh overseas at some point, but yeah, yeah, but, that's crazy, man. And then one of them was a black IPA. Uh, then I think the other two were like a, one of them was a porter, and one of I think it was Founders Porter. That's a great porter. Oh, uh, it is, and that it, it's that is what I would call a stout porter. So I could see that one being mm, confused a as a stout. Porter, yeah, it is. It is a lot darker, uh, more more dark than a regular porter. Yeah. It's, but, it can be tough to differentiate between a stout and a porter. And theoretically, you could have like an imperial porter, right? I think so. And how would you like it? It's just we're, we're getting into it too in depth here. Too in depth. Yeah. Yeah. We got other stuff to talk about. Actually, I'm excited for this topic because I, I love Frightened Rabbit. Um, but before we get into that, did you have you heard of or seen the trailer for the upcoming movie called Cocaine Bear? <laughs> no. All right. This has been on my radar <laughs> All right. for the past two days, man. Okay. Um, and I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, tell me about it. It's based on a true story. Oh, right. Oh. That one bear who like ate a bunch of cocaine. Yeah. Like drug smugglers either like lost uh, a bunch or had to dump uh, like a massive amount of cocaine from a, a plane. <laughs> yeah. And like a grizzly bear got into it and consumed a large amount and like went on a rampage. 
Oh my gosh. And I think like the true story is that they didn't like know what the bear did, but he was dead when they found it and there was a lot of cocaine in its system. But he the movie overdosed. Oh yeah, big time. Uh, but the they they said there would have been like a, a period of time where he was going on a rampage before he would have died. Dude, yeah, he must have been going insane. So that's what this movie is. He like goes crazy and starts killing people. That's awesome. But it sounds like a like a low budget B horror film, right? Yeah. It's directed by Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth Banks. Like uh, she's she been, was, she was. In she's a lot been of in a stuff, ton. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. You'd recognize her. Okay. Um, and it stars Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell. Yeah, she was in. I don't know who that is at all. Oh boy, I can't remember what she. Was. She was in the new Star Wars. She's been in a lot of things, uh, but a lot of big names. I think Ice Cube's son is in it. Oh, interesting. So it's it, like it looks legit. Oh, so look in, up that trailer. Okay, I will. Um, have you... Um, we're, while we're on the topic of movies, real quick. Uh, the new... Have you have you watched the new... Actually, I so I, I have two things. Uh-huh. Uh, first, the one that I'm less excited about, but kind of excited about, and I think it's actually pretty cool, is since uh, Winnie the Pooh is has been released into public domain, like Disney... Oh, I know where no you're longer, going. Disney no longer owns the rights to Winnie the Pooh, right? So, mm-hmm. so they're making a slasher thriller, like horror movie, called Winnie the Pooh: Blood and Honey. <laughs> yes, I think it looks absurd, and I'm a hundred percent going to oh, see it. I cannot wait to see it. It looks absolutely ridiculous. It's hilarious. Yeah, that's uh, that's on my list for sure. Yeah, and uh, the other one was the new Super Mario Brothers movie. Have yeah, we, I the, think uh, we, we talked about the teaser when it came out, but now they have the full trailer. Yeah, now there's another trailer, and I'm way more excited for it now. Oh, yeah. You, you, they had uh, way more characters that you could see. You could hear more of Bowser's voice. Yeah. Um, I'm, I think I'm fine with Chris Pratt's voice. I don't think he's... I think I, think I am, too. Like, yeah. it was uh, when I became okay with it, because the first teaser trailer, I was like, all right, I don't know. It's not going to be great. But then on this uh, next one, on the second trailer, whenever they're driving in their carts on Rainbow Road. Yes. And he was like, he was like, whenever he talked there, I was like, okay, I can hear it and I think it'll sound good. I think it's like, I I didn't expect them to be in Mario Karts on Rainbow Road. Well, there was also Super Smash Brothers, like whenever Mario tries to fight DK. Yep. And also he was in his squirrel suit. Yeah, yeah, the Tanuki so suit. So there's there's a lot like I'm I'm ex- there's a lot more than I thought they would put into it. Yeah. And as and as someone who like that was like one of the first video games that I played. My grandpa had a Super Nintendo. Oh, and sick. Me, and me and my brother played Mario over at over at their house all the time. So as as someone who's played Mario for pretty much my entire life, I'm I'm pretty excited for it. Same. I like I like the animation style too. I think they do, I do too. Good, I do too. It looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, enough about anyway, movies. Let's uh, let's get into the frightened rabbit, and as as we always do, we'll let you know what we think of the beer as it warms up. Because I think this one will. Um, I think I think change a little is, bit as yeah, it warms up. Yeah, I think it's going to. Yeah, I think it's going to really get worse. I think it will. <laughs> I think it's going to get more potent. And, it's going to get way more potent. Yeah, so we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. All right, so. Um, Jesse had me review the album The Winter of Mixed Drinks by Frightened Rabbit. Yes. Um, and just just for your reference, dear listener, 
Um, it was from episode number 16, which we recorded in August of 2016, which is insane. Oh my so long gosh, ago. That's so long ago. Yeah. What the Isn't heck? it? Yeah. Or was oh, it August geez. of 2017? Uh, I, I wrote down 16, but I think it was 17. Yeah, it could have been. Either way, whatever. Um, either way. Um, we also, on that uh, specific podcast, which, dear listener, you should just go back and listen. It was a, it was a pretty good episode. I, I re-listened to it when I was coming up with this idea. Oh, did um, you? But, but uh, Jesse had reviewed Milo Goes to College by The Descendants. Um, oh, yeah, we, okay. We had beers from Schlafly and from Stone. Uh, the Schlafly? Stone, yeah, the Schlafly was a... Uh, what was that? I don't remember I that it, beer at all. It, it was a Helles Lager. Oh. And the stone was the orange Ruin 10. The vanilla oh, orange Oh, yeah, Ruin the 10. vanilla orange Ruin 10. That one was really good. I agree. I want them to bring that back. It'd we'll be see. Nice. So, um, all right, when continue. I, when, I, yeah, when, I, when I reviewed that album for the first time, like my initial thoughts were kind of liking the songs, but not being super duper fond of Scott Hutchinson's voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you if you remember correctly, I said his voice sounded like a Scottish hipster. <laughs> Did you? That's funny. And I still kind of think that's the case, but I, I I like his voice now. Yeah. Um. At the at the time though, I found his voice kind of hard to get past. Uh, it was okay. like my it was my stumbling block on the album. Let's say. Yeah, you were like, oh, just if only his voice was a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And about like let's say half of the songs didn't like necessarily grab me musically. Um, but I, I, I force-fed that album to myself so much that I, I really enjoyed the songwriting and the messages that he, he put forth. Yeah. Uh, but in classic Stephen fashion, I found like some of the slower songs boring and yep. potential skippers. Potential skippers, yep. Um, like, uh, remember what, how I used to do like the weird rating systems? <laughs> yeah. On that you... episode, it was all peanut butter related and a lot of songs were like skippy skippy chunky skippy fat free <laughs> and those are the songs that i wanted to skip <laughs> oh, right i forgot uh, the, i forgot you used to do all those weird rating systems i enjoyed That's doing funny. that but it, it it just became too much of like a hassle to come up with new ones so i stopped <laughs> yeah um since then i have changed my mind uh which is how i came up with this episode um, like I said, I like his voice now. Uh, I'd say it's one of the biggest changes. Yeah. Um, but another big change is that I definitely put more weight on the messages of the music. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, I consider more of what Scott was saying in his thoughts, his struggles, or his triumphs um, that he put into his music. Um, and I, I will say that I like the music portion a little more than before, but that's probably a direct result of appreciating the messages more. Yeah. And... There's one major thing that's happened since that review. Yeah. Um, yeah and I'm sure... Pretty, pretty major if, thing. If you listen to our podcast, then you know. Um, if not, it's the unfortunate passing of Scott Hutchison, who died yeah. by suicide in May of 2018. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a rough one. Yeah, I remember... A real, real rough one. I remember when Frank Turner was, like, tweeting about it when he went missing. Just, yep. like, really sad. Like, just... Horrible. Yeah, yeah. I remember you telling because I, I don't think I had Twittered them, but I remember you telling me that some he like retweeted some of the band members that were like saying, "Hey, we're looking for Scott. We don't know where he is. Like we're yeah, they're they're worried concerned. about him. Yeah, yeah. really, um, really sad. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of the songs, especially on Winter of Mixed Drinks, are all like philosophically like 
kind of like lamenting existence or something like that. Yeah, well, um, it, it um, from and it's only because I listened to the podcast recently, but it was Scott Hutchinson was talking about the title "Winner of Mixed Drinks." Yeah, um, and it's coming out of a long period of sadness and darkness, and finally feeling that happiness, and how it mm. kind of like is like that winter of mixed drinks. Yeah. Um. So that crazy kind of like wrestling with all these emotions. Yeah. Um. Like I I remember like, um, uh, when whenever he passed, like a lot of artists had um, paid tribute. To, to Scott Hutchinson, like tweeted like what what like what they liked about him, what he meant to them, and a lot of people that I didn't necessarily knew were aware of Frightened Rabbit because I mm. before you told me about them, I didn't know who they were, um, yeah. so I was, I'm just like oh it's a small band from Scotland, but then like all these people that I like admire as songwriters were like just singing his praises and lamenting his passing, and it was just like oh I had no idea that he had reached this far. Yeah. Um, who was anybody, who else besides Frank Turner was tweeting about him or talking about him then? Do you remember? Uh, Dan Campbell from the Wonder Years. I know that. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, oh geez. Who's that, uh, that one girl who's, it's not Phoebe Bridgers, but that one artist who's like her. Um, she plays piano. I think she plays guitar and sings. I do not know. Um, I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but she's huge. Okay. Um, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think this raises a massive, massive question that I'm going to address here. Uh, that what effect, if any, does the passing of an artist have on their art? Hmm. Uh, like um, I, I yeah, have to ask myself question. Like, do I like their music more now than I would have before? if he were still alive or like, do I like it more because he's gone? What effect does that have? Um, and so that's, that's what I was asking myself, um, when I came up with this. Well, um, another example is, uh, Mac Miller. Oh yeah. Whenever he passed away, um, I, cause I, I, you had been listening to Mac Miller for a while, uh, but I don't think that I had been. Mm -hmm. And then after he passed, I like really got into his later albums. Mm hmm. Um, so I think, I think it does, it does kind of have like a, uh, it does oh, it have has, an effect on you for sure. Absolutely. Because like, cause like I, I really liked Frightened Rabbit before. Yes. But then Otherwise after, you wouldn't have recommended it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um, but then after, like after he passed, like it made me, like it made me aware of the fact like that he really, really meant like the words that he sings in his in his music, and yeah, gave like the me like the, a, the big things and the dark things, and yeah, like he he is legit like putting his emotions out there, you know. And yeah, it and, was and a frightened uh, rabbit, maybe more than anyone else. Oh, absolutely, yeah. At least like I'm sure there are other bands out there that also do that uh, just as well. But but yeah, like he, uh, I lost my train of thought there. Um, it made me it made me appreciate the music a lot on a deeper level than I had before. Agreed. Which is my first point. Um, like I'd say, uh, I'm I, agreeing with you, um, that in a huge way, yes, uh, an artist's passing does affect your opinion on their, their music and might not necessarily mean you like it, but, um, to a degree it did make me like it more. Yeah. Um, like I, I'd, I'd say like 
no matter how hard you try, once that happens, you're going to unconsciously view their, like the, the songwriter's message through the lens of them no longer being there. Like it, it's, yeah. it's, it's hard to avoid that. Um, it, gives, it gives new meanings to almost everything they've written. Mm-hmm. Um, and some message are like are, are sadder to hear. Um, and like as a kind of like a morbid example um, yeah, from this album I, in, okay, in particular, yeah. um, Swim Until You Can't See Land literally takes on a little bit more of a disturbing meaning considering like yeah. how he passed. Yeah. Well, there's another song in a previous album. On the uh, the Organ Fight album? Yeah, the Organ Fight album uh, called Floating in the Fourth. Something yeah. along those lines, but I, I know exactly what you're referring yeah. to, yeah. And I believe, and well, it, this is fairly uh, fairly morbid, but I believe that is actually where he passed, was in the river that he talks about in that song. I, I, I can't remember the river in particular, but I, there. yeah, it's it's morbid. Yeah, and it's like, uh, it, it is really, really sad. And, and like the album Painting of a Panic <clears throat> Attack, like he... Oh yeah, it's a. All the albums are really good, and they definitely do have a more intense. I would say more intense meaning because, like, they already. Yeah, like there's that literal already, meaning of of like actually looking into it. Like, he, like he's he died by suicide, and he sang about suicide very clearly in other songs. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, even like the the swim until you can't see land. If you don't think about that, like literal connection, like thematically, that song was about like shedding all these formal former issues and pressing on when things are hard yeah um and it's so sad to think about like how he reached this darkness where he couldn't press on yeah you know and and like it's impossible for like you or me or anyone else to understand what he was going through um so it's just like it's just this incredible dark sadness and that's like i guess that's where i really like or appreciate the music because it did like it did give you an insight into how he felt so like yeah. we kind of have a little part of of his of like his mind yeah like this this, this 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 like that that song in particular swim until you can't sing land has like this message of positivity and now it has like a unintentional like darkness around it so you've got like this wrestling match of conflicting emotions and it's just yeah it wouldn't be there otherwise um, yeah. On a side note, though, I would say, in some regards, no um, to whether I like a, a song or art more because an artist has passed. And I'll give a specific example about that. Okay. Um, so Chester Bennington from the band Lincoln Park also died by suicide. Yes. Um, and after his passing, like I revisited a ton of Lincoln Park albums that I loved and. Again, um, there were songs on those albums that I, I viewed with a new lens. Um, uh, a real good example is a song, uh, The Shadow of the Day, that has a lot of new meaning to me now because there's a huge message of like depression in that song. And you're like, oh, he was he meant every word he was singing. Yeah. Wow. Um, but their most recent album that came out right before he passed was called uh, One More Light, I believe. Um, and I didn't like it the first time I heard it before he passed. And after he passed, I was like, I got to revisit this. Um, mm-hmm. And I was way more open and receptive to it. And I still didn't like it. Oh, really? <clears throat> I mean, other than uh, there was one song called Talking to Myself. That was a song I liked before. I still like it. The rest of the album, not for me. And I, I still listened to it. And I like I was more open. And I think there's merit to it. Um, but it's just 
I didn't like it more because he had passed. I just, right. you know, it, like that didn't mm. cause me to like it. So okay. I, I think when an artist passes, I'm more open and receptive to, to, to listening to things. And I think that's yeah. what happened with, with uh, Winter Mixed Drinks and Frightened Rabbit. And also, even before I revisited the Winter, the winter Mixed Drinks, um, you, had, you had had me review uh, Painting <laughs> of a Panic Attack. Oh, yeah, yeah. Episode remember, 77, I, dear listener, in case you want to revisit that episode. Yeah, I remember you saying, or uh, I think it was actually maybe a different album, the uh, uh, Pedestrian Verse. Mm-hmm. I think whenever you like, whenever you listen to that, you said, if you had list, like had me listen to this album first, I would have liked it, liked them way more. No, or that, that, that was, or, that was, was Painting that of a Panic Attack. Oh, okay, that was Painting of a Panic Attack, yeah. And like... He had passed before you recommended that, so I, I went into that like fairly receptive and open, and and it and I already like had those themes, and it like it, there there are some songs even on there that I listen to, and it's just like I get goosebumps and very emotional, like uh, the yeah. song I, I still want to be here. Yeah. Like, every time I hear that, I just go like, oh, I wish you Man. were here, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. like, but I I think if he was still alive, I would have liked that album. Mm-hmm, yeah, um, and, oh, and yeah. even even in in the review of like in my conclusion of the winter mixed drinks in the end I was like I like the songs I'm not too fond of his voice some of the songs are boring but all in all pretty good yeah um, so like uh, I don't know I I think the songs are better on painting of a panic attack uh, the critics may disagree did you look into like the critical review of of all their albums. Um, not all their albums, but I know their earlier ones were like critically acclaimed, and then "Painting of a Panic Attack" like Pitchfork like took a dump on it. Oh wow! Because they're like, so, we've heard. So weird. Go back and read their review. They're like, he's been saying like he's been complaining about all these things. Why why can't he just get over his feelings? And I'm paraphrasing. Oh, man, yeah, a lot. And and it's just like clearly oh, he was writing the truth. <laughs> For how we felt. Dang. I know, right? Yeah, that like that brings up like a really interesting point. Um, because like I, I almost think that, especially with like bands or like actors or famous people, like people either like journalists or just everybody forgets that they aren't like a machine or like forgets that they're a human I, being, just like yep. just like you. You know, who, like, deals with the same type of stuff that you deal with on a daily basis. Like, and I think, I think... A broken human being that that can feel and, like, can hurt or, like... Yeah, so, like, based on what you were saying about the Pitchfork article, it's like, it's like, well, yeah, if he's still dealing with that, then he's, that's what he's going to write about because he's a human being. Like, like, that's so, that's so weird. We're not we're not pitchfork. We're not a huge podcast. We don't have no. like that big of fans. But like on things that I don't necessarily like, I make myself find something positive about it. Yeah, and I mean because, like that's what that's what you have to do. I think like you can. Yeah. I mean it's fine to be like critical of a band or like say that you don't like them or say Animal that you collective. like that you're not into their music. But like you always got to remember that. And I guess maybe we have a different, slightly different perspective on this, since we have like written our own songs as well. Yeah, like they, these, these songs mean somebody thing to somebody. Yeah, like they're somebody they're who's written just, or somebody who hears it. You know. Yeah, like they're not just writing these songs to make money. 
Like they're writing writing songs because they care about them because they want to yeah. they want to. And, and so clearly like, that that was Scott Hutchinson's yeah. whole MO. Yeah, it was it's very clear. Yeah. Uh especially because of the impact that he had on uh a lot of people. Like yeah. well for me, for like me for instance, like when I listened to that album so much back in uh back in like 2010 mm-hmm. or back in like 2011 whenever I heard about it. Yeah. Like I I really really connected with with uh, his stuff. Like I I think it's great. Yeah. And uh I remember uh, Frank Turner released uh, that Breaking Waves song as well about Scott. Yeah. And like, so clearly he had like a really, really big impact on him. Yeah, they were really... Did you ever hear... Um, they were friends. Frank, Fra- Frank Turner did a live cover of, of the Frightened Rabbit song Modern Leper. Oh, live. Really? He did, like, That'd I, be I think, cool. Because I think he has a studio version of it, but he he played it live and I don't know if it was the day he found out about Scott's passing or if it, it was like within the first couple of days. Oh, um, man. But like he's there, like you can hear like Frank's like kind of crying during part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. And it's like it's it's just like heartbreaking to hear that that version. Dang. It's worth looking up just to. But once yeah, you hear that, you, it's like it's a, it's a tough listen almost, you know. Yeah, I'll look it up after after we finish here. Yeah. Um, um, all that, all that being said, if, uh, if you're listening and you have not listened to Frightened Rabbit, please go listen to them. Yeah, they are also, one of my favorite bands. hundred percent. Check them out. Um, I'd, I'd recommend those two albums we talked about, uh, Painting of a Panic Attack and Winter Mixed Drinks, but the rest of their catalog is also good. Uh, but more important, dear listener, um, life is fragile and you never know what somebody's going through. Absolutely. Be kind. Be, be more kind. Be yes, kind to absolutely. each other. Absolutely. Um, Clearly, like Scott Hutchinson, like poured his soul into his music, so people had an idea of what was going on. But if if somebody had reached out, maybe it, it would have changed things, you know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, that's why you gotta like really appreciate life and, and reach out to your friends and loved ones and let them know how you feel. Just let them yeah. know that they they matter, you know. Yeah. It's, it it may seem goofy or silly, but it, it genuinely can make a difference. It absolutely can. Did you ever hear or read Scott's final tweet? Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. Like he said, uh, I, there's so much hate in this world and I, I hate it. Like, didn't he say something like that? Well, I can tell you exactly what it said because <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. I have it here. Um, and it's, it's, it's nice, but it's sad. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a good insight to him. He says, be so good to everyone you love. It's not yeah. a given. I'm so annoyed that it's not. I didn't live by that standard, and it kills me. Please hug your loved ones. I'm away now. Thanks. Hmm. So clearly, like, clearly he was like had this heavy burden that he was carrying yeah. alone. You know. Yep. Wow. And it, and it reminds me of the other Frank Turner song, "Song for Josh." Yeah, "Song for Josh." Yep. If if you would have picked up your phone, if only I had known, maybe I could have helped yeah. you out. Yeah, <sighs> it's just uh. Yeah, it's a real, real, uh, real tough situation for a lot of people who are who are feeling alone. And yeah. honestly, like the just being nice to everybody that you come in contact with is huge. And yeah, like like you said, reaching out, reaching out to people is huge too. Yeah, agreed. Um, so let's not leave it on completely of a down note. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in summation. Yes, I changed my mind. I love nice. that album now. 
I'm um, glad I, you did. <laughs> I love Frightened Rabbit. Um, obviously, I wish Scott Hutchinson was still with us. Um, yeah. But his art will live on forever, and it will touch more people than he will ever know. Uh, Absolutely, which yeah. I think is a great legacy. Um, I'll, I've, I've shared them with friends before, and I will continue to do so. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. 100%. It's, uh, yeah, some of, my, some of my favorite music, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> for the, next uh, episode, it will be the best. I have it, I have it ready to go. Okay. I, I know the songs. To, I still have to write my review or write, get my notes for... Uh, Angel Dust. Angel Dust. Whatever, uh, yeah, so whatever. <laughs> I know that there's that one song that sounds like a Blink-182 song on uh, that album. I'm not sure which one you're talking about, but it could be a couple. Uh, let me look real quick. It's I think it's on the first half of the al- album. I mean, there's definitely a few because there's like a lot of pop, poppy kind of pop rock songs. Not, I'd say maybe pop punk. Angel, D-U, money sign, T. Angel D U money sign T, Angel Da Chings. Uh, I think it might be on my way. I'm on my way. Do 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 do. As I'm just looking at these songs, I forgot about the song "Bang My Drum." Bang my drum. Come on and bang my drum. Do 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 do. Yeah, so goofy. We'll save we'll save the talk about that until that episode. Yes. Um, thoughts on the beer? I don't necessarily think that the alcohol presence made itself more known that, like no. I thought it would. I am really surprised that this, this beer is 12%. Yeah, this is breaking the... Like, anytime like, we've had a massive stout, it always... Like, the booze always comes through as it warms up, but not this one. Now, I wonder if the reason for that is, like, the caramel and the, like, cookies and, like, the... Uh, all the sweetness that they put into it, like maybe that balanced everything out or something like that, maybe? You think? I mean, that's like, that's like the argument of taking like a, uh, a fragrance <laughs> spray after you've had like a ma- <laughs> like explosive diarrhea <laughs> yeah. and trying to cover it up. You're still going to get it that potent work. smell. It it's just going to have work. the it's going to have the added niceness over the <laughs> okay. the potent smell. Okay, I I have totally done that before. Like there there is like some spray. Uh, but yeah, it's true. Yeah. If you if you have a bad poo, if you have a stinky <laughs> poo, one of the ones that floats up, you know, like floats above the water. Those are always cuz that that's when it always smells like real bad. Yeah. If you if you got one of those, that's just that's just what it is. You can't cover it up. You can do the spray if you want, but you got to turn on a fan and just give it time. The spray will the spray will only slightly help a little bit, but there will still be that underlying smell of poo. Yeah, it's like if your dog poops outside and you just put a little flower on top. <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna do anything. Nah. So, so that's what the that's what this beer is. Or no no yeah. no, no not this beer. That's what. This beer is not high. Poo. Yeah, that's what a high gravity beer with lots of sweet flavors is, in my opinion. It's it's yeah. adding these flavors over the underlying high gravity booze flavor, and this beer skirts that. I don't know how. Yeah, yeah. I really they, don't. They've uh, they've worked some magic here um, with this beer. I, I guess here, it's like with this beer. 
the evil scientists at Evil Twin, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm honestly, I, I was really surprised about all the chunks. All yeah. like the sediment. Yeah, I, was maybe, like, I was like, wait, do I have a bad beer? Is it supposed to be like this? Uh, it was probably just like a really small batch is my guess. Mm-hmm. And then maybe it's been sitting upright for, for a while. Um, but let's I say think, we go ahead and, and finish this off. Um, what, yeah, what were you saying? That. I think they might have actually put like cookies in here. Oh, I hope so. It, it says they did, but maybe they didn't filter quite enough. I don't know. <laughs> they must not have. Anyway. Anyways, as we always say on American Brews and Tunes. Down the poopery hatch. Down the cookie hatch. Yes. Did you just say beans? I said yes, but beans would do it too, I guess. (laughs) I thought you said beans. (laughs) Beans. Remember Uh, beans from Even Stevens? No, remember I I never had cable, so I never watched any of those shows. Uh, so sad. I missed out on all those uh, all those ones. I had to, I had to rent uh, SpongeBob from the local Blockbuster. Ah, uh, le travesty. Le travesty. I'm sure that's French for the travesty. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, my name is Stephen Johnston, and my name is Jesse. Titus. And this is American Brews and Tunes. Thank you for listening. Now go listen to Frightened Rabbit. And use your poopery. <laughs> poopery. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song. Just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity-beeby-dow! Ah!